Howdy, friends. This is Adam Ganser stopping by just to thank you so much for listening to us and all of our precious projects on the Small Beans Patreon. And if you have a couple extra bucks and haven't signed up for our $5 tier, I wanted to let you know there is some of the best entertainment anywhere on the internet just waiting for your listening pleasure. This includes episodes of I'll Show You Mine If You Show Me Yours, Spiel Boys, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and coming soon some very secret but very awesome projects we can't wait to show you. If you got the money and you feel like it, we'd sure love to have it. And thanks so much for listening to Small Beans. Lights! Camera! Action. We're shooting threes, just SMB. We're gonna watch and review film trilogies. It's all for laughs, so just sit back. We're gonna drop hella dimes on this podcast. Hey, 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 all of our fun little friends and listeners, welcome back to Shooting Threes. I'm your I'm your goofy, silly, funny boy host, Sarah Griffith. I don't know what to do with that. I, I, I'm, I'm just trying a new energy here in the studio. It's Sarah and the Bridge. Beep, 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 green um, in the morning. Or whenever you're listening to this, because this is a podcast on the radio. We're not live? Unfortunately, no, they, we do not have that oh, technology. Oh, thank fucking God. I was going to say a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, Do you want to introduce yourself realer? Um, I think the bridge works, but that is a serious XM channel, so I will say that. Is it really? What, is, yeah. what music do they play? Oh, it's like, like Dido? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I think it's like the Coffee House channel. Oh, so I think you so nailed like, it. Like, like Dido, Dido is yeah. actually. Yeah, if you go to uh, the Dido radio on Spotify, I think that's the bridge. Like uh, Dido. <laughs> that That's the name of my Dido cover band. <laughs> like Dido. Like Dido. It's like Dido, but uh, not her. I'm and Bridget. I want to appreciate you. We can't afford this. For giving me, it's a parody, such a good day. Wait for it. See, it's a little different. It's a little different. How's okay. that for a Dido impression? I didn't know you had that. I've got a few. You okay? This is <laughs> this is. I I sorry. Put, I am on a um court ordered Celsius diet. Bender. I, <laughs> <laughs> I would call it a bender. A bender. Listen, either I get my pharmaceutical stimulants that are yeah. prescribed to me by a doctor, mm-hmm. or I self-medicate and overdose on caffeine so instead these of- are your options america if you want me to return to normal you have to start making more adhd medication and the shortage so this will be a real uh loose episode as opposed to the tight ship you you guys <laughs> are used to hearing but this is shooting threes shooting threes i, I think i'm reminding my co-host that this is shooting threes it's a basketball. my name is bridget podcast. it's a basketball podcast yeah an off-season basketball podcast podcast WNBA is starting the playoffs never forget who you got WNBA I'm all in on the liberties it's liberty a hundred percent it's liberty they're unstoppable the litter or the aces Vegas well aces are the champions last year are they gonna repeat you know I'm 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 talking out of my ass a little bit because I'm a bad WNBA fan I'm a good WNBA fan and I think we're we're right between liberties and aces could be the finals Let's talk about what our Shaun guests of the are Dead here. <laughs> is a movie by Edgar Wright. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I almost want to restart this, but I feel like it's going to be a no, different no, no, loop. No, keep all this. No, we got it. Um, the listen, we had such a downer trilogy. Let's let's keep it light. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to do a lot of heavy lifting because my co-host is on a bender. I'm high. <laughs> Uh, the Cornetto trilogy. This the- is Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg's. This is another unofficial trilogy where, kind of like the Vengeance trilogy, these aren't literally like 
this happens, this happens, this happens. Yeah. This is more like a spiritual yeah. genre. Would we say like as a genre? Spiritual. Trilogy? I don't know because I feel like all the movies are different. They yeah, like they're exist like, in it's different like, worlds. This is kind of a, it's almost a parody of a genre film, but the parody movie is maybe a genre onto itself. It's become that. I don't know if it Right. Was, yeah, I think it... I mean, this movie came well, out... Well, like, I'm thinking, like, there's parts of this that are very reminiscent of, like, Mel Brooks. Sure. How he yes. did the... Like, the parody yeah. of the Western, the parody of yeah, the monster actually, movie. This is kind of the parody of... I mean, it's obviously a parody of Dawn of the, the Dead. Yes. It's in the title. Movie. Yeah, and uh, I think they showed it to the director of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, Bridget uh, has all the facts on this movie. <laughs> I... I actually yeah. remember maybe owning this movie on DVD because I remember special features from this film. This is interesting. So uh, just to just to clarify, we are going through the Coronetto trilogy. Yes. We are starting with 2004's Shaun of the Dead. Um, this is a movie. So you own this on DVD. You've seen this start to finish. I, you know, I have a memory. I don't remember owning the DVD, but I do remember going. Maybe this was like honestly a early blockbuster dvd rental for our family because i my history with this these movies i think is a little strange and uh it was kind of a a little like time capsule of something we don't get anymore where i feel like i saw Shaun of the dead and hot fuzz a lot but on cable definitely and only definitely. on cable so i don't think i've sat down and watched this movie from start to finish or hot fuzz i've seen scenes from these movies so many times and chunks of these sure. movies and that's not a thing you get anymore no that's actually a dying art um and i was talking before we started recording i actually had to rent this movie from two different services because one service crapped out on me and the fact this this is not available for streaming is absolutely disgusting when it is playing on Comedy Central <laughs> and entertainment television right now. Yeah, when you look this movie up to stream, if you want to watch along with us, uh, it will tell you you can buy it off Amazon and Apple TV and all these, you know, big places. Or it should you can, be public domain, this Or movie. you can watch it, or it's playing on the IFC channel about 17 times a day. Yeah. Which is why I've seen huge chunks of this movie totally. so many times but never sat down for a start to finish viewing uh and you know i'm glad i did hey I'm have you ever seen dawn of the dead actually because i realized i have actually not seen dawn of the dead i don't think i have to be honest this is actually uh uh yeah sorry dawn of the dead forget what i was just trying to say i was going off on a tangent on a half read fact uh okay well i mean that's that's, that's, what what all pod- that's what that's all what we podcasts do here. are uh, really is a but yes it is a fact. yeah it is a dawn of the dead by the way movie. do you think when they were coming up with the title for this movie like how stoked when one of them was like what if we called it sean of the dead slam dunk or do you think the title came first and then everything uh oh that's a good question it's, a, it's actually a genius title it works so well uh that who that is a good question. Because you know when they came up with this, they must have been like, ooh, yes. Yeah. I Yeah, I think they probably go in, went in knew, knowing they'd named the character Sean. Sh- I mean, surely. Surely. It's too easy. It's, it's right you know, Most there. writers like to title a movie like after the fact or yeah. like usually that comes later. I think later. it comes either, you know. And either, titling is hard. Titling is Really, hard. really hard to do. I feel like you either hit a title right away before you go in and you're like, yes, that's it. Or you agonize over it over yeah. months. 
uh, trying or to maybe out. they were jokingly calling this movie Shaun of the Dead. And then it was one of those things where someone was like, actually. Just name your character. That's Sean. how that 70s show, how that got the title. Oh, yeah. They just kept calling yeah, it. Yeah, because everyone was like, oh, I really like that 70s show. I mean, famously, the Friends titles are all like the one with. Yeah. Uh, it's smart. Smart. Yeah. You never forget. Uh, anyway, so this is Shaun of the Dead. This is Shaun of the Dead. What? Uh, how long has it been since you've seen it? Ooh, from beginning to end. It's been many years. And yet, when I watched it, like, every scene came. I was like, right. I remember this. I remember this very vividly. I remember this very vividly. Is it crazy if I start this episode by saying, modern masterpiece, this movie? No. And maybe the blueprint for all movies made since this film has released. I mean, Edgar Wright, like, this is his second movie. They made one other movie before this, super small, super cult following. I'm forgetting the name. Yeah, I have no um, idea. But they made one, like, very, very indie, truly, like, scrap movie before this that got a big, like, cult following. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's how uh, they got a lot of the extra zombies is by going on, like, early internet forums nice. where they had this cult following and saying, we're making another zombie movie. All of their extras were just, like, fans of their first movie, which is I love that. Awesome. That is really is awesome. so cool to see because they, for, like, such a small-budget indie movie... Yeah, really? that's an awful lot of people. Oh, when they are outside of the bar and you, like, yeah. fully see the toll... Yeah. It's a it's a shocking amount of people. God, I don't even and those are all real hu- there's no way that's CGI. No, no, those not, are human beings. Those are humans and it's uh yeah, it's My pretty cool God, that those the are makeup fans. department. They must have yeah, on hired a, zombie a movie. small army of yeah. Sephora makeup artists. We did a zombie parody at Cracked, and I remember our makeup artist, Heather Galibo, just killing it but also oh that was hard that was hard people were in makeup continuity for a really long time yeah Shauna and you know what uh she I, did incredible work but when we, she needed more hands yeah, yeah like zombie movies and zombie tv shows definitely had a moment yeah in like, they're hard to make yes absolutely and i remember being in theater in high school and like the walking dead was kind of a thing and some of my actor friends were talking about like, oh, that'd be so fun to be an extra in those movies, to get mm-hmm. in the prosthetic, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no. I think it would suck horribly. We did a sketch at Cracked. I, it wasn't the zombie show, but it was something else where we just needed a zombie arm to like plop up on the table. And yeah. it was like, I was the arm. And I remember the makeup artist at that time telling me like, she wanted to try this like zombie type of effect on my arm that they used to do in old zombie movies and i was like okay yeah go for it yeah uh, what dude, the fuck? Dude, like i have an opinion yeah, on this. Dude, yeah. i just have to like slap my arm on a table and uh it took so long she basically like layered my arm with masking tape yeah and just kind of like ripped at the masking tape and painted over it. That's yeah. That's the thing. They build like a second layer of skin. Yeah. On top of you. Yeah. To destroy. It's not yeah. comfortable. It's not. And but that, also the zombies were pretty simple in this one. They weren't. Yeah. They weren't over the top. They had those. Which I appreciate. I I do too. Uh, I get kind of icked out hard on um like a realistic zombie. Sure. Like ooh, The Last of Us. I don't like the mushroom guys. The mushroom and I don't like the mushroom guys at all. Shortly after The Last of Us, I ordered some dish and whatever mushrooms it came with, it looked like The Last of Us. It looked like cordyceps. It might have been. It looked exactly like that. (laughs) I was like, I can't eat this. I'm so sorry. There was that one episode where all the mushroom guys were running around and tearing apart Melanie Linsky and then the big mushroom man came out of the the ground. Yeah, the bloater. I I don't like that. Yeah, that. 
Do not. Yeah, that that was rough. Uh, I, I don't like when a zombie is fast. Well, so I like this zombie speed. Well, that, I I was gonna go back to like the how impressive the sheer number of extras they got. Yeah. in the small movie is because those zombies are not. I mean, obviously they're not particularly hard to kill. They're not fast moving zombies. Right. They're very like slow, stupid zombies. So what makes them scary is the sheer amount of them. Yeah, is when they're truly surrounded because you're like you can beat up these zombies, but when they're, you know crowd surfing you out of a window yeah and this this is in america where yeah. per capita there's 15 guns yeah. anywhere you might go and someone who knows how to shoot them yeah that was the other thing too i was, it was thinking very it funny. was like when they get to the gun was i was so like close. i did have a moment where i was like yeah i mean god i guess you cocked the gun and pulled the trigger but like you can't just put a gun in my hand and i would just know have you ever shot a gun i shot my very first gun ever actually the beginning of 2020 oh really uh yeah I don't know why I'm saying this like ever. Well, because well, because I'm from yeah. Texas, and it, I mean, yeah, yeah, it yeah. is like to be. So, a friend of mine actually recently asked, like, "No, seriously, did you grow up?" I was like, "Absolutely no. not." Both of us grew up in conservative states, but in specific cultures in, within in those bubbles, states. really, where yeah. I was like, "No, I'm not shooting a gun." Yeah, I had riflery at one of my summer camps. We shot guns at camp. That's the thing. When I shot a gun, it was like a gun at a can on like a ranch. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've like shot it, yeah. like at at places, not at a at a not places at a ranges. Like ranges. Yeah, ranges. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. Now who's off topic? Now. Now, now we're promoting guns. Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ. Um. Anyway. Yeah. So the I, opening sequence of this movie. I. Really, really appreciate they they do something so interesting. Uh, where I think all of the like classic zombie tropes of like seeing someone shuffle in, seeing the hand rise yeah. out, that all comes from Simon Pegg's character. It's always Sean that they pan up doing the classic yeah. zombie thing, which I think is really, really cool. That it's always him when you see him like Yeah. A note I wrote down was like this movie follows all of the genre rules perfectly like all of the rules of comedy they follow yeah all of the rules of horror they follow all of the rules of like action like it is just such yeah. a you know of all the movies that film writing professors love to like watch this study this but oh like, Edgar Wright is huge yeah oh uh, sh this movie surely is like yeah canon I mean Edgar Wright is so good and I'm sure if you're a Small Beans listener and I'm sure a Small Beans podcast going over Edgar Wright movies has talked about this there's a, a great YouTube series Every Frame of Painting that has talked about this yes um, about Edgar Wright and plenty of YouTube essays about his style one he's in command of it so early on in his career yeah, this is yeah. his second movie and he nails it like there's no like spielbergian almost and yeah. that it's like wow you've really been operating like yeah. this forever forever because you, you watch are. like early quentin tarantino movies uh -huh, you watch yeah. reservoir dogs and you're like okay there's something here it's not quite right he gets that like things coming into camera in unexpected ways like how to play that for comedy right and that's why this like marriage of comedy and horror works so well mm -hmm. because he uses so many horror tropes and subverts them in a funny way right uh and is so smart with how he uses the camera and how he pulls people into frame that uh it's always unexpected but yeah the fact that sean is always the one who has those little moments where uh he 
where you think it's a zombie, but then it's him. Yeah. And even how he moves around the world in the first act before. Definitely. It's like, he's not paying attention to all of the weird shit. Is there, Like, he's a little bit of a zombie in that, like, yeah. he doesn't look up. He doesn't know what's going on around him. He's just, like, staring down, like, get my Coke, get ice cream, go yeah. to friend, go to work. Uh, and I think... I don't know. I I mean, we're talking about we're dissecting. Yeah, film, I mean, so we're going to read. It's like it's yeah. like again, we talked about like okay, obviously it's a parody of Dawn of the Dead, and yet because I was saying like it is Mel Brooks ish. Yeah, like it does recall yeah. like a young Frankenstein right. kind of like you know you know what this movie is, but we're going to subvert it, whatever. But in this movie, it it's like it feels like he's inventing something that we've never done before, and as a result, this movie is the blueprint for all action comedy films. Yes. Which is to say now, every movie that is released. Because even when I watched Everything Everywhere again in theaters, the second time I saw it, I was like, oh, I forgot. There's like so much action. Yeah. And like action comedy in this movie. Yeah. Like now any- It's an action, yeah. Any motion picture that you want to release has to have an element of that. Yeah. And this movie blends them so perfectly. Yeah. Um, and it works so well and it works the like they they use it so smartly where it's not out of nowhere. Uh yeah. It blends in like the I think the fact that Sean is always the one who moves around like a zombie <laughs> makes you feel like, oh, it makes sense that he he is the one who feels most confident. And right. or like even if he's freaking out or flying by the seat of his pants, this seems the most instinctual to him of how to yeah. Get in and out of the I also situation. wrote down a note, and we'll get into this as we go on, but I wrote down a note that I think maybe this movie might be about masculinity. Oh, really? I we did can, write we down. Can, we can explore this idea. We can, uh, maybe. I, I do. Uh, I, d- I did write down, men would rather survive a zombie apocalypse than go to therapy. Yes. Classic dunk. Exactly. Easy Classic. Dunk. Well, That's a tagline. It's a, it's a. It's a basketball podcast. So. It's a basketball podcast, so she, we she, got she a dunk on them. Yeah, but um, so so many parts of this movie I remember, but the first twenty minutes of a movie that is just kind of like establishing Sean's life yeah. and like pre-zombie stuff. This part of the movie I kind of forgotten, and the movie begins with yeah. Sean and his girlfriend Liz, and Liz is breaking up with Sean or trying to, or trying to, right? And I just thought like. This has got to be like the strongest 10 pages, first 10 pages of a screenplay. It moves so quickly. It is a gag a minute. It is joke, 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 joke. Set up punchline, set up punchline. It's so tight. It introduces all of the characters, just about. Uh, The only one I guess that isn't like literally on screen is Simon Pegg's mom, but even they kind of like make a a reference to that. Yeah, you get it. Oh, I love Bill Nye in this movie. Oh, yeah. And like- Classic, like, British movie where it's, like, actually, like, an extremely reputable, distinguished yes. actor comes in. is, yeah. like, doing kind of, like, a funny... Yeah, it just comes in for a bit part to yeah. play, and I'm yeah. sure that was really fun for him to turn. He... Oh, God. He is so good in that car. Yeah. And that car scene. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, I will... I'm sure we'll we'll go into, like, how good the emotional beats of these this movie hits. Yes, because actually my very next line and i wrote this within 10 minutes of the movie do people know that simon Pegg is genuinely a good actor i mean they knew i, th- oh, I think at least edgar wright knew well certainly but like i mean like i feel like we take maybe simon Pegg a little bit for granted maybe i think he does i think now in his career he's just kind of doing like simon Pegg. yeah fair enough I mean, he's he's having he has the best role in the world in those Mission Impossible movies. Oh yeah, 
Totally. Yeah. But even in the MI films, like he, like MI or Star Trek, like he is kind of the the designated actor in those movies yeah. that has the line that's like, but seriously, people could die. Yeah. And he always does it with such conviction. Like there's always a beating heart in yeah. every character that Simon Pegg plays. And actually at the beginning of this movie, when he's at the Winchester with uh, his roommate and he's like emotional about his break, like, yeah, I'm sure he's using a tear stick, but like, I'm really, I'm with him. He's great. These movies are clearly, I mean, he's a writer on these films. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, these movies are clearly like such a labor of love. And I think like this being some of our first introductions to Simon Pegg, uh, be he cares so much. And I feel like he puts so much care into the roles yeah. that like he always seems thrilled to be there exactly the right choice and puts the heart and uh like the the fun into everything he's a ringer i think he's, like he's good every single time he like, yeah he's yeah the his energy you can like feed off of it his love of the craft is, yes. is palpable yes um his love of doing this in filmmaking and acting is always like in the forefront while still pulling you into the character and into the yeah, world. Yeah, and like, I think it's reflected in, like, just this high level of commitment. No matter what yeah. the assignment is, no matter how silly the role might be, no yeah. matter how ridiculous the thing he might be saying, yeah, he's always giving it with, like, no, this is dead fuck, like, this is life and death. Yeah, and I think that's where, like, also some of the best, certainly indie movies are made, uh, is just, like, these things that these buddies wrote um, because they thought it was going to be fun and, you know, filmmaking is so hard that you're going to make it good. It, it's not worth doing something like this if you're right. not trying to make it good. And I think that that sense of, like, that indie spirit is is so there in this totally. movie. And they pulled it off so well. It's so funny. It's so thoughtful. Um, they knew exactly what they were doing with every single beat of this movie. Yeah. Uh, and it uh, works so well. Yeah. So, uh and we'll my my note about masculinity is going to come many times but like sure. okay so top film broke up whatever then we have this argument where we like the the three flatmates because we're in the uk so we'll use the term well yeah flatmates um it's like you know liz breaks up with sean because sean is kind of childish and he's got this roommate that's kind of a hanger on yeah like basically like no sense of maturity <laughs> no sense of follow-through bad yeah. at planning dates the roommate also complains, like, this guy doesn't do fucking anything, whatever. Right. You know, I, as I was watching this, I'm like, you know, it's so interesting. So many of these comedies that I'm revisiting, as a kid, I was always, like, just blindly on the side yes, of, of the, the main buddy. character. Yes. Yeah, and the buddy, it's like, okay, what's wrong? Like, they're just having fun, whatever. And then, interesting how, as I've grown up, yep, I'm like, I'm like Fuck no, this. Liz is right. Stay far away from this man boy. Also, yeah. evict this fucking oh, bum my loser. God. Yes, I had that thought. He, Nick Frost, character for the first time in watching parts of this movie but this movie actually kind of frustrated me annoyed me like in a genuine way in a, yeah in a genuine way and then even like, even simon pegg's character it's like yeah i man. wrote you talk about fumbling a bad bitch it's like okay why does like liz is like i'm through we're finally done is because sean doesn't have the fucking foresight to just call ahead and make a reservation for a yeah. date yeah, and he can't think of anywhere else to go except for his local, local fucking pub. Right, the place he wants to go and doesn't do it. Yeah, it's like yeah. clearly kind of a thoughtless 
deadbeat, aka which is a funny zombie. because that's how the right because that's how the movie begins. So yeah. you know we know that they're gonna go through some kind uh, of an but arc. Yeah, it but is, I, I was funny. like, yeah. it's funny how when I was a kid, but now unfortunately there are people our age we know that yeah. still would view this movie as like, yo, this is being such a bitch. Yeah, it's it's kind of there. There are things in this Scary. movie. That I also wonder if that's a product of the time because there are definitely things in this movie that yeah. uh, were yeah. weird <laughs> that yeah. really dinged me. That it, I was it like, ages really well for the most part. For the most part, there's just like a couple of little lines, lines, lines that like that probably could like, just be like eliminated. Yeah, that like if you put out a new cut where. Sure, you he may want to cut. Where Nick Frost didn't say the N-word. Uh, nothing I, would change I, in that I'm sorry, movie. that did actually make me laugh out loud. Uh, yeah. In I, part because I was like, this is so 2004. Yeah. And in a way... No, I, I laughed because it was so stupid to put in that It was movie. so stupid. It was so dumb. And not to defend the choice, I did laugh because I was like, you know what's funny? They don't even mean to be doing this, but... Yeah, this kind of character at this time I'm in does, this place yeah. would use the N word yeah. with such it, it like was, yeah. no, no regard to what was, that means or was, what that's tied yeah, to at 20, all. Yeah, twenty twenty three, it was rightfully shocking, but it was still yeah. <laughs> it kind of I, I, and maybe I shouldn't have laughed, but I was like, oh, no, it, oh, it, it was a it was a surprise laughter because here, here's the two thousand four of it. I all. forgot about it, and it really like took me back to just hear someone say yeah. that so casually in a movie. Yeah, but for again, like not even a laugh line. It wasn't a laugh line. Not really, but no. it became yeah. it in with time. It became. <laughs> I I I still stand by. If you just edited that part out, the movie. Oh, he totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. But uh, uh, yeah. But Nick Frost's character. Yeah, it did annoy me, and I was <laughs> the whole time I was thinking, one one shit pops off. Uh, he annoyed me so much when they were like trying to get out of the parents' house. Oh my I wanted god! To ki- I was so genuinely frustrated with that character that I was like, "Leave him." Okay, leave so him this behind. is actually the first point I'm going to make about masculinity, right? Because you've got the three guys that live together: it's Pete, Sean, and Ed. By the way, yeah. the fact that I know these character names just goes to show like how many times I've seen clips. Because usually I yeah. don't remember. Also, for names like Pete, Sean, and Ed, just I suppose could but, not be. But more typically on this names. show, I'm like referring by actors. I don't even yeah. know the fucking name of the chick in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Right. Yeah, Moses. Moses or Ramses? I- I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. And I've definitely watched those movies enough. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's like, I thought, God, this is such a crux of masculinity, right? Where it's yeah. like the boy versus the man. And like, obviously a big theme of this movie and a big theme for Sean is like, grow up. Throughout all of these movies, that's a theme throughout the trilogy. Totally. It's like totally. maturity and- Totally. Yeah. Um, But what I actually thought was kind of like rewarding is that like right at the top of the movie- Sean, and this is just one example of like how different like masculine tropes mm-hmm. come up in this movie, how relationships with men come up where it's like, yeah, yeah that's our boy. And, you know, from the college days, we're so like, remember kind of- we're like, that, that, uh, talk that they had like remember when he did this yeah and it was like that was five five years ago ago. yeah right i thought that was like so clear um like right this is the guy we're talking about and i don't want to use the phrase boys will be boys but in this case i mean like the immaturity the arrested development that some men experience where it's like no come on we're still guys and it's like right no you come on rent is due like you know you're hurting other people around you but what i thought was actually kind of satisfying about the nick frost of it all was that like Right. As the as the movie got more real and real, as the stakes got more heightened and heightened, now, Sean, you're understanding that, like, no, actually, having a bozo hanger on 
who so, doesn't take any responsibility for himself. Yeah. This is actually genuinely hurting you and the people around you. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I even uh, thought, you know, maybe are there some male relationships that each of us can think of that since the pandemic, because I also was thinking, sure, kind of interesting to see this movie after our world has gone through like yeah. an ending. It is it interesting did. that it starts as a sickness. Yeah. Right. And now we're kind of like in this new like post zombie world, if you want right. to think of yeah. it like that, that like, I, I do see that actually like there's been kind of an increase in the conversations of like male loneliness. And like, this is a big talking point in our culture right. now is like, do men have friends are men making relationships with men that they're actually growing in? I think this is like sure. Even now, like there's kind of this meme and joke about like the Roman Empire. Like, oh, boys, oh, yeah. boys yeah. only care about sports in the Roman Empire. But it's like, and do these boys ever grow up to be men well, who become fathers? I, like, I, I, I think this is very culturally relevant. I, <laughs> I, uh, I was going to bring up this point later, but it kind of because it's about the end of the movie, but. I think it fits in with what you're saying. I think the the decision in this movie that I find so interesting is the decision to not kill all of the zombies and keep them around. And I, I thought that uh, ending too was like, wow, this is exactly I, what we've done with COVID, don't I, you think? I sat on that choice after the movie ended for a long time. Uh, I thought it was like such an interesting decision because I forgot. God, that's how the movie ends. Mm. Um, that they keep the zombies. I remember around. they kept Ed alive in the shed, but I yeah, had forgotten I about yeah. everything else. Yeah, uh, I forgot about everything else, and I yeah, I thought Ed was just like his buddy he kept alive in the shed. Right. But I think with what you're saying, I was like kind of sitting on this decision, and and you know there was a lot to think about. I think it is ultimately smart because what you're saying is that there is a world where we allow these zombie boys, uh, these men uh, who just you know, kind of go around life, not Ooga aware. Booga, jerk off, play video games, games not, not aware. Think. I mean, this is incel culture, really. We're yeah, getting not into aware. that. And the yeah. fact that we, uh, in, in this world, the choice, I was like unsure about the choice to keep them around and keep this guy in the shed, even though Simon Pe Pegg's character, you know, grows up, but he still goes out and plays video games with his boy in the in shed. In his man cave, some would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. That uh, I was like, huh, I don't know what that says about Sean at the end. Mm. Uh, which is what I was sitting that on. That he but still it, has that like boyhood in him. Yeah. 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 And I was like, I don't know if that's supposed to be good or bad now watching this movie with how I feel about Ed and, and Sean's early Sure, decision. yeah. But I think it actually, as you were talking, I was like, no, that is smart because we do keep these people around. Uh, yeah, are, it's definitely an outlet. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's fair. For the record, yeah. I think like there, I always say like there are different friends for different occasions and some yeah. friends... Some friends, me hanging out with them literally is going to their apartment, getting stoned and like watching things on TV. And yeah. I enjoy that quality time yeah. with that person. That's a, yeah. I just know that before I go over there, we're not going to have like any meaningful, right. deep, emotional. For sure. Uh, yeah. And I think, yeah, I think it is, it, it ultimately is, you know. That is something you want to keep around. There's, there is, it is there, ultimately yeah. Saying, there is a place there, for it. There's value to that friendship, but is that going to grow anywhere now? Like he's a zombie. They just play video games together, which now. is kind of like, like not much from what right. he was before, which was still kind of a zombie person. Yeah, and so yeah, that <laughs> that relationship, I guess, ends up finding its place. Yeah. See, uh, I also thought with keeping the zombies alive and making them work and things like that, yeah. I'm like, isn't that so our world that this horrible thing would happen? Right. Like this this awful, violent trauma that would 
affect the world. People are grieving. Yeah. People died. And almost as soon as that happened, we find a way to profit Oh yeah, off of that and capitalize off of, now, wait a second, we now basically have ethical slaves. Yeah. So we may as well. <laughs> yeah. You like, so, go uh, for it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a very... It's like yeah. how designers started to make like designer face masks yeah. in 2020. No, it's like, like okay. That, yeah, that Damn. level of the decision like made total sense in my mind. I was stuck thinking about what that kind of means about Simon Pegg's character, but I think you're right. I think it absolutely works. It shows like, yeah, you have the, like sometimes these friendships don't necessarily help you move forward. Do you need to cut those people out of your life? No. If they yeah. if they bring you joy and like you it's like about balance and you it's like their company, about but balance. yeah, but he's able to you know put that away, move forward with his life and maintain uh, his relationship with his friend, but not uh, let his friend you know yeah and and put since, him in the and state so of about masculinity, I also want to talk about David, the yeah um, the the boyfriend uh, yeah Don's boyfriend. I yeah. know that. I, Don is going to be hard for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always going to call her Don from The yeah, Office. From the office. By the way, Martin Freeman also has a nice little oh, appearance okay. in this well, movie. Well, he's in these movies. He is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but in Don this Fowler. movie, he's just there. He's there. And I, I did write down. I like, loved that. I oh, love yeah. the parody people. I want, I wish there was ever a movie about her journey. Yes. Uh, I would, I talk about yeah. like, we don't need another reboot. No, no, no. I no, I want to see what Yvonne from. did that day. Yeah. Love her. Yeah. I will. I did write down. I'm glad the office us and UK gave all of those actors like a few years where it's like be in every movie. Yeah. Free for all. Come do, on now. Do, yeah. get, get out of the paper company and come on again in a movie. Yeah. Uh, but David also David, being like another prick. where it's like, you know, on the one hand, he's kind of like the opposite a- tail. End of like, the spectrum. Yeah. Where he's, he's all business, no play. Right. And actually like. Turned him cl- into a real prick. Right. And at the climax, talk about men would rather go to therapy. Right. Men would rather be a zombie. Yeah. Go to therapy or whatever. That it's like, but you see. Something that Sean actually, why he's kind of like our main guy compared to all these other men is that like, we see Sean cry. We see the stakes. We see him fuck up. We see him try to be a better person. If you notice the thing he writes down himself, yeah, like at the top of the movie before he passed out drunk before like the full zombie apocalypse, it's like, like win over Liz, pick up mom, get shit together. And he does manage to do all those things. Yeah. Well, Sean, I mean, at the end of the day, we talk about him you know, being a zombie in the middle of the movie and throughout. I One of my favorite shots of this movie is when he catches the chips yeah. that David's thrown out and it's just the hand that sticks out and he yeah. catches the chips. Um, I love that shot. But that the was crisps. Enough. Chris, sorry. Bridget, come on. The cri- sorry, I'm, I'm going to try to stick in it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Sean, we talk about him being a zombie, but he has... I mean, we see his emotional arc throughout it, but even when he is in the state of arrested development, he's a very like emotional person. Yeah. Uh, he's very nostalgic. He wants to keep his friend around because he's provided him with all these good times. He wants to be in this relationship. He's got a big heart. Like he's he really does big love heart the and people I, in his life. Yeah, and he doesn't want to shut that part of himself off just to be a quote unquote adult. Uh, where David. And I, I'm sure, like, just like we know people like Ed who are in the state of arrested development and can kind of drag yeah. people down, you know people like their people like David who are so obsessed with being an adult and doing things the right way and settling down and taking care of yourself that they lose 
in another zombie in a different way. They lose right. all sense of... Right, I was of, just about to say, it's a zombie. You, you just don't have your sense of humanity. Right. You lose all sense of yourself in order to, like, fulfill these expectations, and you lose your wants, and you're just like, well, I'll go with this person's friend because this person rejected me. Also, like, yeah. the hyper-masculinity of, like, I've got the gun. I'm going to shoot her. I'm going to, you yeah. know, I'm going to break it, which, like, oh, my God, his whole, like, breaking the window to get in the bar. Yeah. It's like, you're literally the An fucking idiot. stupidest person alive. But, yeah. like, isn't that so, isn't that so, like, a toxic masculine trait yeah. to be so, like, decisions after me right now. I'm doing it. And violence. It's going to be violence. And it's going to be very first thought. Yeah. And it's like, why don't well, you just, like, take a deep fucking breath and think about. Yeah. Well, he was so stuck in the... He wanted to stay in the flat. He wanted to hunker down. He wanted to be in a place where he had total control and didn't want to yes. have to make those fast decisions and have his what are, his view of masculinity, masculinity be put to the test. And when it is, he makes some of the worst decisions in the movie. Which I think so many hyper-masculine men... Yeah. Or people that's who have the that case. Like they actually like right. it's like they're performing masculinity. Well, yeah, because they they have this playbook of how it's supposed to go in their mind and right. what they're supposed to do. And when you actually have to think with your heart or think with your feet or make intuitive decisions, uh, you're not prepared for that because you've been going by this textbook the whole time. Right. Meanwhile, uh, Sean is just kind of like, I don't know. Let's just do right our best. Which, by the way, <laughs> I, I played video games. I've seen this. Right. Uh, and, and by the way, the I know a lot of guys yeah. do listen to this podcast. No, really. Let's take the lesson we take away from Sean is that you really don't have to be the perfect man. No. You don't have to be Mr. Masculine, Mr. Body, Mr. Face, Mr. Money, Mr. Ideas, whatever. Yeah. But it was always the effort that Liz wanted to see. It was always and look yeah. at the spectacular effort Sean yeah. goes through yeah. to keep everyone alive and well, and the care and concern and the love and affection that he gives to everybody is more valuable. The effort yeah. and the intention there is more valuable to Liz and us as the audience than oh, anything than else anything these else. other men provide. I mean, it's sh- it's shown so well in that scene in the uh, the basement of the bar when uh, he said when he quit smoking she didn't even care that he quit smoking she wanted to smoke it was just the fact that he hadn't smoked for a day because she yelled at like she broke up with him yeah uh but he hadn't smoked for a day he tried and she's like well you tried so fuck it let's have a cigarette it's the end of the world right uh, right it was just that effort it's shown it yeah it, it's on display throughout the movie women know not to ask for too much from men <laughs> we're aware the bare minimum you can show is just come some kind of effort that like you care and like you've thought about somebody other yeah. than yourself because that's the other thing too about ed and david either end of that spectrum yeah they're just selfish those characters yeah. are selfish right and like in, in david's case like maybe he does plan a date and maybe he is gonna go out but it's it's, it's not, not to service her; it's to service him. No, it's to get and his, his desire to his, like conquer a woman that he's right, always wanted, and get his or good whatever. boy points, yeah. or yeah. or whatever it is. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's so well done. I want to talk about uh, the scenes. Uh, yes. The scene with his mom. That is a scene. I have. Whenever I think of this movie, I always think about. Are you talking yeah. about when she becomes his? Like when it yeah. like becomes clear that yeah. Yeah. Also, <laughs> it was like the decision so one just an incredible scene when she becomes a zombie in that fight between david and mm. uh yeah another just like lack of emotional intelligence from david who's supposed to be this right like, mr man mr man who's doing everything right just goes to shoot his mom yeah uh thoughtlessly um 
how that resolves so every time I've seen that scene, which is so, so good. Her performance is so good. Simon Pegg's performance is yeah. absolutely heartbreaking. Again, Simon Pegg is like really giving a oh good acting God. performance in this movie. He's Yeah, so good. That scene, uh, I'm not a movie crier, so crying is not, but like it, it got me, it warmed. It, it, it warmed, really, it yeah. Gets you, it gives you the, the, the hot uh, flash of crying. Yeah, uh, it does. That's a good way to sure. put it, yeah. Uh, every time, but uh, yeah, I, I was talking to my boyfriend when we watched this. I was like, I would still have my friend shoot her though. Yeah. When he gives a gun to Sean, I was like, I'd, I'd still be like, you there's something it. very old yeller about that. Yeah. I'd still be like, I please do this for me. Yeah. I can't shoot my mom in the face, even though she's not my mom. Yeah. Uh, uh, still would give the gun to my friend. Yeah. No, I, that, that is always the part of the movie that I think about. And then, um, actually after that though, uh, I had remembered like the scene of them in the cellar, but that was actually very affecting to me now. Yeah. When um, Liz is like, how many shells do we have left? And he says, we've got two. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, we could just shoot them two. We can at least shoot two of them. And Liz is like, I wasn't talking about them. And Simon's yeah. like, I, I know you weren't. And like, I don't know. I I, I had known that about that scene, but th- I thought that was also such a tasteful way of like. Yeah. The, the, the movie does a really good job of like being funny, being light, being adventurous, but, 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 but like here is the second act turns to the third Right. There's a real weight oh, this, and gravity to the situation. The stakes of the movie. People have yeah. died now. People are dying. Ed is dying in real time. Most people are zombies. Yeah. We watched like three of his loved ones die. Yeah. Uh, he's dealt with the trauma of that all fucking day. Um, and and I will say... And he's just been carrying on. He's been the decision maker of this group. Yeah. The leader, the people, everyone is turning Well, I like him. that line where he says, you know what? It's kind of been enough to shoot my flatmate and my mom right. in the same day. So I don't think that I could kill my girlfriend on top of that. Yeah. Like, I get it. We're at this point of our yeah. zombie journey. But like, I don't know how much more bullets I can put into people I love. Yeah. Uh, I will say... Judd Apatow is about to catch some fucking strays from me. Oh, boy. Because Judd Apatow does this with his comedies, too, where, like, as the second act turns to the third, it kind of takes, like, a more serious tone. Yeah. But usually when that happens in a Judd Apatow film, I'm like, no, go back to being funny. I don't want to see this. I don't care. Well, Judd Apatow movies, also, the stakes are never really Well, I mean, it's not as life and death as, as it is here. Yeah. But it is, like... We get to a point of the conflict where it's like, okay, now we have to become a serious movie. And I feel like with Judd Apatow, he pivots so hard to drama. Yeah. That I literally do find myself thinking, oh, I wish this movie was like funny again like it used to be. I will also say it's a problem. I mean, I grew up on those Judd Apatow movies. Totally, totally. So I, I, I do say this all with a grain of salt, but his movies, his comedies that we grew up with were never cinematically interesting in the way that an Edgar Wright movie and is. this is where that every frame of painting and uh, every yeah. frame of painting so yeah. I do think when it when the com when it stops being a comedy in a Judd Apatow movie you're kind of left with like this drama that isn't that cinematically interesting the and it's like are, an hour of drama it's not it's like all, the last 20 all, minutes and it's, it's like, like the this last movie is tight this movie yes. is not very long it's, thank you god yeah uh it's tight and then you're also still left with like 
something that is unexpected, like in this movie, in Shaun of the Dead, in an Edgar Wright movie, in the third act, when that does happen, you are left with something. You're still unexpected. You still don't know what's going to happen. Right. You don't know how they're going to get out of the situation. You're still invested in in other things besides the joke machine of it all, mm-hmm. um, which is a well-oiled joke machine. Yeah. But there's still you're still invested for other reasons besides that. And I think in a Judd Apatow movie, when it flips, you're like, oh, well, it's a, it's a man-child who is having trouble and now Almost he needs always. to learn to grow up which is the same in this yeah. movie but like the stakes are higher there there are interesting things happening on I will screen say, yeah i also think and correct like i want to hear your opinion about this but i also feel like judd apatow doesn't really care about characters that are likable um i think oftentimes he is like writing about characters that are not likable people yeah which is true to life of course um versus like an edgar wright and I and I think this is really also to the credit of Simon Pegg because Simon Pegg is the star of so many of these movies. I'm sure. talking about where it's like Simon Pegg just himself is so likable, hmm. but also I get the vibe that like I don't know if it's necessarily right or Pegg or it's both at the same time. It's like, but these characters are kind of likable, and then the ones that aren't likable die. I think <laughs> I think it's a combination. One, I think it's that heart I was talking about earlier. That Simon mm-hmm. Pegg wrote this movie with his buddy. He cared a lot. There's a lot of care in these characters. Definitely. This um, is a labor of love. Yeah. And I think in like, I'm thinking of like, and I love you, man. They're more caricatures. Um, they're, they're, they're bigger sketches of well, a man. Well, they always seem like caricatures of people that Judd knows in real life, if not himself. Right. It's a little, yeah. So- I think there's something there's less pathos mm. inherently yeah in that maybe or I mean I get <laughs> maybe more I just yeah these characters the Edgar Wright characters feel a little more nuanced um, yeah in their in their hero's journey yeah um there's a little bit more going on this movie works on a lot more levels than a Judd Apatow movie definitely does. so the character arcs feel a little more satisfied again the movie is a little more unexpected but the character arcs also end up feeling a little more satisfied because it works on different levels except for the surface of man boy having to grow up to deal with pregnant girlfriend or best man or or wedding or sure um what have you yeah um so yeah when when simon Pegg does learn these lessons and does have these like sincere emotional uh moments where he's trying to save the people he loves uh it hits you so much more effectively because you know he has this big heart. You know he has this Ed side of him, this big, like, uh, I do what I want because I love these things. Right. Uh, but also this, you know, David middle ground that he needs of, like, no, here are the things I do for these people and I'm trying and maybe it's not working, but I'm trying and I love these people and all that conflict is happening in that character in yeah. a very visceral moment. Well, and talking about Edgar Wright keeping it tight, 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 tight. tight. Again, I do. I didn't rewatch this for this, but I've never forgotten that every frame of painting yeah. episode about Edgar Wright and his it, directing just, style. I mean, it's it's a point well made because we're talking about like it's tight. Yeah, yeah. Wright and Peg, they don't waste a fucking second. Second of screen time. Uh, this is another kind of like I don't know why I've decided to compare this to Judd Apatow films. <laughs> I just feel like growing up, I watched a lot of Edgar Wright and Judd Apatow, Apatow. So yeah. like this is where this compared. It's not one to one, but yeah, they come to mind um, as contemporaries like in my comedy mind. Comedy filmmakers of the early 2000s. Exactly. Yeah. And what I will admire, especially about this movie, is that there's not too much of like character exposition 
No, it's there's, all- and there's a few, but like we see Ed and Sean kind of get into it as they're trying to break into the Winchester a little bit. Again, there's a moment between like Liz and Sean where they talk about the end of the world, but there's no big scene where Sean is like, you know what? This whole time I've been, but you know, there's there's not I a mean, lot of that. It's like we see it, we mm-hmm. don't have to hear it. Edgar Wright is maybe the master in comedies of show don't tell. Yes, um, everything is seen. You're you like every between the interaction of the character and between his his fun visual tricks in the camera and how he has in his blocking and how he has a camera move and stuff like that. It's all crystal clear without having to say it i think maybe even a better comparison from judd apatow would be like an adam mckay movie um yeah where those are movies that really do get to a point where i'm like please be funny again yeah i mean but i even think of his more like character driven zany movies sure um where like those are so fun and they're some of the movies oh the mckay Farrell. Collection. movies are like the movies Perfect. i quote and think about and yeah. uh you know inform so much of my sense of humor but the, again they don't have the storytelling level of this that makes it so rewatchable and such a like concise clear masterpiece of a movie where like yeah anchorman's a fucking classic i will watch anchorman every single chance i yeah. get i i love that movie um but is it from like a script perspective, a story, a just pure storytelling perspective, the most compelling movie of all time that I I don't like get a little bored of during a rewatch because I'm just waiting for my favorite line to come up. Uh, in in between Veronica breaking up with Ron and then the zoo, yeah, there is. Thank God, there's that Jack Black scene on the yes, highway. On the- <laughs> <laughs> thank God. So, Thank God, but, but that there so is I, Anchorman's one top five favorite movie. But there is a part in Anchorman where I'm like, oh, I'm man, just waiting like for 50, like I'm right. just waiting for the panda to I, start giving birth. Right, I'm waiting for my favorite parts to come up. Right, uh, and everything in this movie, you're you're invested in the movie the whole time because the storytelling is working on on so many yeah. great levels. And the talk about like is tight, it's yeah. smart, it's fun, and the directoring. Of it the all. Directoring the directoring. The directoring. Um, and this is something parallel. that every frame talks about, but like, and I really I see think it it's this, every frame. I hope it's every frame. It is. It, it definitely is. is because I had never thought about this before. And this like opened my eyes to this and I really saw it in this movie where, you know, other movies, and this is, this is the hard part about writing. I was thinking about like, we were trying to write a new Lobo episode yeah. where we were following Sarah like on a night out. And right. so we kept having to be like, well, how does she get from this place to this place? Yeah. And eventually we scrapped that whole script because we realized we were just like, and then this happens and then this happens and then this right. happens. It, it, we call and it, we were yeah. fighting so hard to like, well, what motivates Edgar Wright? It's like, oh man, we're at the bar. Should we get drunk? Sure. Clip, clip, clip. Boom. They're drunk. Like, there are so many parts. Oh, I got to go upstairs and pee. Okay. Shot of bathroom, shot of washing hands, mirror. Like, there are so many times that, like, as a writer, it's like you could get stuck, hung up on the fucking detail of, like, well, how do they go from this place to this place? Or, well, what's a fun way, storytelling-wise, say, the two of them get drunk at the bar? Here's a fucking idea. We'll just put in, like, the fastest montage of your life where yeah. we show two seconds of a frame here, frame there. Yeah. And this is this is a right signature. We see this all the time. Yeah. But it keeps... It he keeps paces the, his movies. It keeps the pace up. It keeps the stakes high. It keeps the energy going. It keeps and, the movie and tight. And it's, it's a perfect example of, like, show, don't tell, where it's, like, right. Instead of, like... And I think every frame uses this example of, like, 
well, how do you show a character moving from one state to another? Yeah. In Brides, like Paul Feig, it'd be like a montage. There'd be a music break. Right. It really would be a time for jokes. It'd just be like maybe 60 seconds of visually seeing like boxes put in the back of the car, blah, blah, blah. Edgar Wright does all that in seconds. Yeah. Just because it's like boom, boom, boom. Then, it, that, then we're at point A to point B. That's all you need to know. In uh, in screenwriting school, as I push up my glasses up the bridge of my nose. Please. Um, we we always refer to this as uh, and then storytelling as opposed to so storytelling. I've seen so, a clip of one of the South Park guys talk talking about this. About this. <laughs> so and then you think of a little kid, a four year old, telling you a story about what happened in their day, right. and they're like, "And we went to the playground, and then we slid on the slide, and then we uh, played tag, and then and that's not how a story mo- like you're you want to kill yourself." Right. By the end of a four-year-old telling you a story like that, because you're like, none of these things are motivated. When an adult or someone who, not even an adult, not all adults can do this, but like right. when good storytelling, when good storytellers do something, everything is motivated. So you don't get from point A to point B by saying, "And then you, you did this, so this happened, yeah, so that happened." Mind you, on the right. meantime, this was going on uh, unbeknownst to me, and then right. because of that. Yeah, yeah, these it's cause the, yeah. and effect yeah. every single time. And then every scene is motivated. There's a reason something happens. Every single scene has a point to it. That's not just joke. It's also story moving along. Plus we insert like mirror gag, which tells you something about the story yeah. too. It sets tone, it sets character, and, it sets and, plot. And this is a great example. This movie is like a great example of like everything we're talking about, of course, but it's like, right. Like we have like the interpersonal conflicts and then every once in a while it's like, Wait, zoom out. There's like zombies These outside. You know, yeah. so like the circum they keep the circumstances alive well. They keep the inner person. I mean, right. Everything keeps kind moving. Of Everyone's easy. working together. Yeah, it's I perfect think it's, gears turning. With yeah, each other. and yeah. on the one hand, like I always say for actors, like it's easy to act when the stakes are high. Like I think yeah. it's so easy to do a scene where it's like, my husband just died, sure. or like I'm so mad at you. Like I think it's so much harder to act like a nothing scene, yeah. like where your emotions aren't at eight, nine, 10, but they're maybe closer to like two, three, four. Sure. Yeah. And so subtle moments. And even though the stakes are so high, like it's already such a gift for these actors and for like the storytelling that right. like it's the end of the world. And like, you couldn't think of higher stakes. They keep such a nice job of keeping like the interpersonal stuff yeah. alive as well and keeping it as important as the zombie business. It's what makes the relationships feel real and what makes the world feel so lived in that these, moments between these characters are so well established and they have such a rapport and they're it's at such an ease uh yeah i really like these movies every time i have produced uh, a movie like especially with a comedy director um and you know that's why i appreciate abe and swam so much shout out to abe and swam shout out uh because they know this so well but it is the judd apatow effect of comedy a little bit where people don't where you're making a comedy so you don't necessarily think about it being cinematic you don't think Mm. it needs to have these like higher brow entrances and you don't think you need to think about how the camera works in a comedy but it elevates the story and the joke there's so many more jokes you can get in when you move the camera and you lock effectively um you get your audience so much more connected to a story and then the jokes become funnier and easier to make when you're like so when the world is so lived in and and you can connect so well and i think for a while we were forgetting that about comedy we were placing the camera in the yeah set, in i the mean medium this and letting is it go. this is why so many 
SNL characters that have then gone on to make their own movie right. fails horribly because, because it's like it's a motion picture, not a 90 minute sketch. Right. Yeah. There I could write a hundred sketches today. Right. And SNL one full blown comedy right. motion picture. That would take me my entire life. And why do you, and the digital shorts have taken off so much. Yeah. Because they are visually interesting. They've yeah. done, they've stepped up their game. It's not like, it takes you out of the world of a sketch, which, you know, they're filming a live sketch show that's, you do, you put the cameras where the cameras have to go and you do the sketch. Sure. Uh, but it's like, like watching Bill, live Bill Hader yeah. and Fred Armisen, I mean, now they have um, documentary now, but like yeah. those started off as digital sketches. But yeah. again, back to like parody, we, the audience, know these visual cues. So yeah, we, we know already bring, and, and Edgar Wright does like all the zombie tropes. Again, he yeah. follows all of the rules of all of the genres that this movie is covering. Yeah. And like, I don't know how you felt, but at the beginning, like every like little micro zombie movie beat, yeah. I'm like, oh, yes, it's like fun. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, yes, this is what zombie it gets movies you into, do. It gets you excited to see, because I think he he knows this. The fun part about a parody, especially a zombie or a horror movie parody, a uh, horror comedy parody, you're excited. It starts off, even horror movies start off as like, the first act is this fun, lighthearted, like kids at college or at a party. Or I mean, teams. Jordan Peele. Yeah. Like, teams. I mean, this is where yeah. his success is so great because it's and like, you're like, it's the anticipation. That's what makes that's the scary and part. The first yeah. act fun is like you're waiting for shit to come off. You have this happy scene at summer camp and you're waiting for the killer to come out. And when you know it's coming, when you have a parody movie like this knowing these scenes and having these little tropes come up that you're like, oh, here it is. No, nope, yeah. something different. It, it's, he plays with it in such a fun, clever way that makes you so excited to keep watching the movie. God, I feel like we're like gushing as if like we've never watched an Edgar Wright <laughs> pair, movie. Yeah. I will say, un unfortunately, it's fun Edgar to talk Wright, about them. Yeah, yeah, Edgar Wright has amassed a certain fanboy that definitely um, at a saturation level is excruciating sure uh, like most good movie a lot of good movies and uh, you know what that. i'm actually glad you want to bring this up because i want to bring up the fact that this movie is the blueprint to so many movies and almost watching it now it suffers kind of the same thing that happens like when i watch jaws right where when one movie is like such a touch point for every other filmmaker that when you go back to revisit almost the source like there are some things like there are certain aspects of this movie that like Edgar Wright didn't invent, right. but I think for a 21st century movie audience, whatever, like there's so many scenes that I'm like, God, every Marvel movie yeah. has this scene yeah. in it. And again, like Edgar Wright is not the genesis of some of the stuff that I'm talking about. No, but he helped bring it to the mainstream. But I definitely yeah. feel like for the 21st century, this is maybe one of the most influential movies that has come out. It's... It's really good. Uh, yeah, we are gushing, but also, what are you going to say? Well, did you think we were going to come in and we were going to hate these movies? Yeah, I uh, just, it's been so long, truthfully, so, since it, I've revisited that I was like, well, you know, let's see now that we live in this it's been so world long. that we live in. It's been so long. I've seen, uh, watching it, I was like, I wonder how much of this movie I missed just watching it on cable. And I did see most of it. They're like, beginning and end, might have missed a few scenes yeah. watching on cable. Um, so... <laughs> Certainly some of the more problematic lines didn't come up on cable. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was just such a joy to watch from start to finish that I'm a little mad at myself that I didn't like seek it out when I was like, oh, this movie's good on cable. Let me uh, 
start to finish. Yeah, you know what? It, it works really, so well. It works piece. well together. And that's the thing. I, I like some of the sheen has kind of come off this movie for me because again, this is something that's like, uh, the last like 30 minutes, like especially when you're flipping through channels and it's like, yeah. I just need to kill 20 minutes before yeah. the show I actually want to watch yeah. starts. The, and and we're talking, by the way, what we're talking about right now is like a dying art. Like this I is. I know. But there are so many movies that I've seen out of order or just snippets of that I love and it's made the movie better for me. Lucky Number Slevin is mm. a movie I'm thinking of that I only saw in chunks on cable and it is one of my family's favorite movies. I don't think we've ever watched it full. I don't think it's probably as good as I think no. it is in full. This movie definitely suffered from me watching mm. only in snippets i'm i'm glad i revisited. well only in snippets i'm like yeah i get it and then i know this happens I'm like right, oh exactly. this is pretty good That's scene but like watching like- it all together because again talking about how good of a screenplay it is yeah you the sean arc is really nice to watch you need it and all together actually to with work. modern eyes post covid midst incel culture whatever like again shockingly relevant there are um just some little notes I wrote down. I was like, um, you know, turning on the local news to get exposition yeah. and yeah. information uh, about the script. Like, I feel like that's a dying, like you can't I, use that oh, anymore really, of like the yeah. character turning the TV on. I guess. Yeah. It would be like a Twitter notification. Yeah. It would, yeah, it would be like a social media um, tweet, whatever. Yeah. I like the way they did it where you didn't watch like a full newscast. I like their snippets. So, And again, uh, another Edgar Wright subversion where it's like, you know, the, you know, the trope of the character sees the TV. It's like, wait, what's going on? Wait, you know, we're interrupting this broadcast, blah, 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 but like, here's like a fun way. And like, this is true to the Sean yeah. character that he wouldn't fucking stop and watch the news just because something was like, whatever. Like, yeah. Uh, this 2003, something was breaking news. And how the lines the work when he's everywhere. flipping through the channels is so good. Uh, yeah, when I watched it on cable, it was just like joke machine, and I got the jokes, and I thought they were funny, and I thought it yeah. was fun to watch. Um, but and I knew, like, I I went to film school, I watched that every frame of painting, like I knew that this was a better story than maybe I thought if I watched it start to finish. Uh, but yeah, it really just works so well on so many different levels hot fuzz i kind of did the same thing with hot fuzz is i feel like even more of a joke machine yeah um but uh yeah um it made me excited to sit down and watch that one start to finish i did see at the world's end from start to finish that is the only one i've seen i don't think i've seen the movie at all that's the only one out of this trilogy that i've seen before like in a theater start to finish wow yeah i don't don't think i saw that everything else i saw on cable like 98 percent of it on cable yeah. Uh, but yeah, great movie. I I'm so glad we're doing this because I'm so glad I get to like revisit. And yeah, you know what? Actually, and- like to pull the curtain back when we, I was like, I don't know. We need another trilogy. We should do a comedy one. Like I, we could do the cornet. Like people want us to do that. Like oh, I I, now I'm like I am so fucking glad. Yeah. I have been given permission. Good call, audience to watch this to, these to movies. Yeah. From top to bottom, also because frankly, I've kind of taken these movies for granted. For sure, because we've seen them so much, because they are constantly on cable. And because every movie that comes out now is trying to capture yeah. this plus Spielberg Buster yeah. plus like Tarantino. Like, there is a forgotten magic where like some movies were made better by constantly playing on cable. I think this one, it kind of hurt it where it got oversaturated. Yeah. Um, sitting down and revisiting these movies after years of not watching them and like having to think about them. The hype is real. Um, they're great. They're so great. I'm so excited to do the rest of this series. Uh, thank you audience for, yeah. Uh, okay. Closing thought yeah, as we're wrapping thought, up here. Yeah. Um, I, if somebody was like, we need to evacuate and like shelter in oh, place. Yeah. This is an important part. 
And someone's idea was like, let's go to the local pub. Absolutely, I'd go. Yeah. Yes. No, that makes. I mean, I realistically, I'd probably shelter in place in my own home. But yeah. if that like quickly was like not really becoming a feasible option. Right. Because at some point. Yeah, I'm going to the pub. Yeah. Because at some point. Yeah, it's clear he was right. Like, no, the TV doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. Like, we need to go yeah. somewhere else. They're going to find us. Because, yeah, the longer they waited in the flat, the more the walls were going to close in on them. Right. Um, and it kind of seems like an unofficially spoken rule of this universe is like once one zombie knows, it's kind of like The right. Last of Us where they're all connected. Uh, high mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when, when I just thought about that when he was uh, at Liz's flat with her right. flatmates. And David was like, we're not going to the pub. What the fuck? I'm like, pub's a great first place. of all, the pubs in the UK, in England, those pubs are like a thousand years old. Right. Like, those are made of stone. They're yeah. fortresses. There are plenty of rooms to hide in. Cellars. It's, it's cellars. It's dark if you aren't an idiot about it. Uh, yeah. Also, um, if I am just kind of like waiting for my death. Windowless. Pretty windowless. Pretty windowless. And oh. then when they're like, oh, we may as well like pour a pint. David's like, is this is what we really want to do right now. It's like. That what is exactly what the fuck I would do right what now. What else are you going to do when everyone the else- Simon Pegg plan of like, we're just going to grab everybody, go to the Winchester and have a pint and wait till right. it all clears over. I'm like, that is how I survived 2020. Right. And he, yeah, he kept trying to think like seven steps ahead. Like, what what is your plan? Yeah, there is a little bit of food here and that's helpful. What are you going to do when you ran out of food at your flat? Yeah, idiot. Yeah. Go to the pub. Have a pint. A pint. Have a pint. Um, and, and wait that's till it all goes over. And wait till yeah, uh, yeah. I love that moment. When they're like, "I want a vodka," and he's like, "Yep, oh hot, yeah." What, after, what else once are you once do? I got all settled in, it's like, well, I think I'll pour myself a pot. I'm like, "Yep, yeah, fuck, yes." Yeah. What else are you gonna do? The fuck? If your plan is to just wait it out in a safe place, which again, hurt. that is what I did in 2020. I waited it out in safe place, and, and guess what I did in that time? Drank a lot. Drank, <laughs> drank a lot drink yeah fuck me i mean what what else i mean hurricane do? parties Storm's exactly drink. and if i've learned anything about crazy survival stories from the titanic to 9-11 and everything in between the people that got drunk were the people that survived you know loosen loosens you up it lo- this is unfortunately why so many drunk drivers get in accidents and they're the motherfuckers that wind up walking away yeah, because their body's all loosey goosey, feeling weird and warm. Uh, yeah, listen, getting drunk or getting a little bit of a drink drink in you, not a bad way to survive an incident. And so now you know Sarah and I's plan when shit goes down. I've this We're gonna I, have a point. I, this is a plan I've already implemented and have already survived from. So yeah. it will remain have a my point. plan until yeah. otherwise. Although I have thought in the in that opening sequence when he's hungover and he's like shuffling to the corners, yeah. I would I laugh because I was like, yeah, if I was that hungover going to my corner store for something, yeah. the there could be I really would be like, guys, yeah. I'm not even looking up. Yeah, at you right oh now. yeah, I've had those. And moments. every time I've had a nasty hangover, I have thought, and if the big one were to hit California right now, I don't even. I'd just be like, all right, fine, take me, <laughs> take me, me. Yeah. take me into the earth. Anyway, that's Survival 101. Yeah, uh, next month, uh, Hot Fuzz. Yeah, next is Hot Fuzz. Super excited I've about that I've been Sarah one. Griffith. You can find me on, I, I don't even want to promote my Twitter anymore, really. You don't have to. Yeah, just Instagram at Sarah Griffith. 
We post everything there. We also are using at Rough Stuff Pod. We're thinking of a new name for that to become like our catch all. Our catch all. So yeah. But stay but for tuned. Now, I'm also on TikTok. I've been starting to promote this actually now. Do at it. SK underscore Griffith. It's mostly baseball content. It's baseball vibes. Baseball vibes. If you care about like the American League West, follow me there. I don't know. Bridget, you want to plug? <laughs> um Yeah, I mean, stay tuned to Small Beans. We got exciting stuff in the Absolutely. Works. Uh, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bridget tweets. You can follow me on Instagram at Bridget underscore Greenberg. Uh, I'm not much of a poster, but, uh, sometimes, uh, what we'll I'm post doing- episodes. I mean, yeah. if, if only that we'll post episodes well, and I, things I, that we're working on. Bridget and yeah. I are also writing a pot, uh, show. Yeah. New low, series, which you mentioned, yeah. which is at bad collab productions or is it yes. bad collab prod on Instagram. I think it's productions. If you type on I don't Instagram, do the Instagrams. if you type on Instagram at bad collab P R O D, something up. will come up. That's where you can check out New Low, which again is something Bridge and I are writing and I'm starring in. This is That's, our peg and write. This is us venture. Yeah. So um, stay tuned for that. Yeah. I think I, we've plugged. I think we've plugged and I think we can. Thanks uh, to the patrons. So thanks for everyone Thank who suggested this. We love it. Yeah. We're shooting threes, just SMB. We're gonna watch and review film trilogies. It's all for laughs, so just sit back. We're gonna drop hella dimes on this podcast. <laughs>